I can see you're really upset about this. I want more light. podcasting i'm damon shaw with me as always is mr mike ortiz mike who's joining us tonight tonight we've got michael felsher Yay! brian townsend good evening citizens and john champion of dvd geeks good to be back everybody thanks for having me on so uh what are we fighting about this time damon this week's battle is best sci-fi movie of all time this time around. <laughs> Mike, how do her fights here work? Well, we have an NCAA tournament-style bracket. We pit two competitors against one another, put it to a vote, majority wins. The panel can decide the battle any way they see fit, what they think makes for the best sci-fi movie. Just use Geek Logic. What's Geek Logic, Mike? Geek Logic can be explained by this recorded message. If Webster's Dictionary were enlightened enough to have an entry on geek logic, it would define it as any argument you can use to back up your choice. You define the terms any way you like, as long as it supports your claim and makes sense to you. And that's geek logic. All right. Wow. <laughs> Let's start the fights. We're going to jump right in with you there, Michael. It is Flash Gordon from 1980 versus Dune. Well, thank you very much. This is a very interesting uh, matchup right out the, the bat. Here. Uh, neither film was particularly well received when it came out. Uh, Flash Gordon, I've always enjoyed Flash Gordon immensely. It's a great campy. It's probably one of the, the best examples of just out-and-out out camp actually working. Uh, the casting in the movie is half spot on half completely wrong but when it gets i mean max von Sydow is ming the merciless is about as perfect casting as there's ever going to be in you know the history of the universe so and it's got a great tone it's got that wonderful queen soundtrack and that ridiculous production design that actually goes around so far around being bad it actually ends up being good again um it is it is a delightful film however i i really got to say um a message for for people out there listening right now um i think it's really time for you all to come to grips with the fact that in 1984 david lynch did an adaptation of uh, frank herbert's dune and it sucked it sucked in 1984 
it was a pile of shit. <laughs> Even David Lynch has admitted that the film doesn't work. And this is the guy who makes films like Inland Empire and Lost Highway and Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. Even he says it doesn't make any sense. What the fuck is wrong with you? The truth of the matter is, Dune failed. It's no fucking good. The sets are ridiculous. The special effects are dated and tiresome. The acting is way over the top, and even it manages to be stiff at times. You got Sting running around with no fucking shirt on going, I will kill him. Everyone seems to be completely confused, and he makes a complete mess of the source material. It sucked. Let it go. There has been this movement that has existed for the last almost 30 years now to somehow give credence to this film. No, no, the longer version's better. No, the TV version's better. No, the goddamn uh, 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 Pakistani cut I saw was four hours long. It was fucking brilliant. No, it wasn't. (laughs) It's no version of this film that works. So that are longer are simply that. Longer. It is a pile of crap. It failed. So your vote Stop is? Trying to make it good. It will never be good. And your vote goes to Flash Gordon? Yes, it does. Okay. Brian. Um, well, thank you for letting me follow that, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what Michael said in a nutshell is that Flash Gordon worked. Dune did not, unless, of course, you are looking for some sort of film suppository. Therefore, my vote goes to Flash Gordon, Uh who only have 14 minutes to save the Earth. All right, another vote for Flash Gordon. Uh, John? Uh, Michael, I would kiss you on the mouth after that monologue about Flash Gordon. Uh, you, You summarize my thoughts to perfection. In fact, I'm ready to just call it a night and name Flash Gordon the best science fiction movie of all time. So, um, yeah, <laughs> Flash is the savior of the universe, and uh, no, no question about it that it dominates this round. All right, Mike. Uh, well, um, because of everything everybody else has said, I will go Dune. <laughs> How dare you? Mike, Mike, all good things was... I'm sorry about all good things. Let it go. <laughs> well, Dune already lost. Dune already <laughs> did lo- lose. And and, it's, and Flash is going to get a vote for me because of Flash. Ah, savior of the universe. I love that song. <laughs> on to our Damn next right fight. you do. Damn right you do. Brian, this fight is yours. It is Soylent Green versus 12 Monkeys. Yeah, well, you know what? No matter what else anybody may have to say about, you know, writing, script, production values, what the fuck ever, Soylent Green is made out of people! People! Nobody's saying anything like that from 12 Monkeys after 35 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right, a vote for Soylent Green, John. Um, Yeah, you know, I I, I totally agree, Soylent Green... uh, that's the way to go. Enough said there. Soylent Green. A vote for Soylent Green, Mike. You know, I just I just really like 12 Monkeys a lot more. Um, and it's Terry Gilliam and um, a fantastic performance by Brad Pitt. And, you know, at the end of the day, Soylent Green is people is a great line. And the movie is kind of a great idea, but it, it really is dated and hasn't held up very well. So I'm going to go with 12 Monkeys. 
Uh, I too am going to go with Twelve Monkeys. Uh, I, I, I like Bruce Willis a lot. I can't really vote against him, and he plays a crazy person really well until you find out he's not crazy. He's been, he was sane the whole time. He was telling the truth. I love the fact. I love that movie. I'm going to go Twelve Monkeys. It's all d- tied up and coming down to you there, Michael. Uh, for the sake of brevity, Twelve Monkeys has twelve more monkeys in it than Soylent Green does. So I would have to go with 12 Monkeys. <laughs> a vote for 12 Monkeys, and 12 Monkeys is moving on. On to our next fight. John, this one is yours. It is The Fly versus The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. All right, well, I'm just going to make an executive decision here and say that when you say The Fly versus Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that I'm going back to the source material. So this is The Fly with uh, David Hedison and Vincent Price versus Invasion of the Body Snatchers with the late Kevin McCarthy, the original black and white versions of both of these movies. I love them both. I really, really do. But Invasion is the far superior film. Um, Now, if we get into remakes, I I think I would have to flip-flop there, and uh, the remake of The Fly is better than the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But I'm going to call it original. we got to go with the source. And uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers still holds up. Shot beautifully. Acted great. Uh, all the way. All right. Vote for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mike. Um, I am I am going to go with Invasion of the Body Snatchers um, for much the same reason. When, I, when you look at all the different versions of that, average it out, uh, I think I like it more than The Fly and certainly The Fly sequel. Uh, so I'm going to go with Body Snatchers. All right, a vote for Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I like Jeff Goldblum. I like him a lot, and that movie is really freaky, and why the fuck did Gina Davis stay with him? That's the thing that boggles <laughs> my mind. This motherfucker is changing in front of you, like she takes an ear off of him, and she still loves him. What the hell is that? That bitch was fucked up. But <laughs> my vote goes for the fly, Michael. <laughs> that, I always wondered that too because in the theater everyone just was like bitch why are you with him uh, but you know he's Goldblum he has the power of the Goldblum so you gotta you gotta respect that however um, I, I am gonna go with John's sort of reading of this as the two 50s films against one another um, the original Fly was, was fun for what it was but it really didn't hold up in Cronenberg's remake took the concept in a much more believable and much more, uh, shall we say, less campy direction. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers is still as great a story, and I find it interesting that the remakes have all been challenging in their own way. Especially, I really want to give a shout-out to the uh, Abel Ferrara version from the 1990s, which very few people have seen, but also is a, is a classic, in my opinion. Um, but that story is just is perfect, and it... it uh, if we're going to go back to the originals, uh, clearly Invasion of the Body Snatchers. All right, and Brian. He is the Jeff Goldblum. He shall have the power of the Goldblum. Huh? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm voting for Invasion of the Body Snatchers because I didn't really like to fly. I... <laughs> All right. Was that was that little song in my head, or did everyone else hear that too? It was in your head. It was in your head. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is moving on. On to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is AI versus 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, You know, as much as I liked AI, um, I I really think it is an underrated movie. 
2001 is uh, is the the classic. It is one that everyone is judged by. So I have to go with that. Hello, Dave. Yeah, um, I like a Space Odyssey. I like it a lot, but I think I, I was too young when I first saw it, and it bored the hell out of me. Uh, I I enjoy watching it. I, I just watched it a couple months ago. It's it's actually a good, fun movie. And so I'm gonna have to go with AI this time around. But I don't think it's gonna win, Michael. Yeah, I'm pissed off about this uh, uh, particular matchup because uh, look, I, 2001 is a, is one of the most influential films ever made. Let alone one of the most science you know influential science fiction films ever made. Uh, it's a film that is continues. I continue to find something new in that movie every time I see it, and it never plays the same way with me twice. It's one of only a handful of films I can actually say that about. It, it changes with me as I get older, and depending on the mood I'm in, it's a different film. It's a very, very odd film, but I, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a masterpiece. I happen to also think AI is a masterpiece, criminally underrated and misunderstood, uh, plagued with all sorts of meaningless expectations when it came out, and it, 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 I think it's going to go on to become a classic very much in the line of 2001, which was also not universally well-loved when it first came out. Uh, and it's, it, this sucks that I have to choose between these two because I really feel very, very passionately about AI. Um, so I'm going to vote for AI because it's not going to go through, but I'm going to vote for AI anyway. What the hell? But uh, it's got to give us some love. Another vote for AI. Brian. I'm going to vote for 2001 A Space Odyssey because I, uh, Hal, Hal is a pop culture icon. Um, Hal just squicked me out for years. Just the whole crazy computer thing. Plus, like Mike said, it's, it, it's a, it's a seminal science fiction film. It pretty much ushered in the age of realistic looking sci-fi special effects. Up until 2001 in Space Odyssey, you had spaceships that were obviously being swung around the room on plastic wires with sparklers coming out of their asses. And, you know, this is, you see this movie, and even though it was made in 1969, it still looks pretty decent by today's standards. So just, you know, for those reasons, I got to give it that to 2001. All right. It's all tied up and coming down to you, John. God, uh, how dare you? How dare you tie these and throw them in my lap? Um, yeah, you, you know, AI, I agree with uh, what's been said here. It is a really underrated, misunderstood, underappreciated movie. I love it so much. And uh, if I were to give somebody kind of an introductory course in Kubrick, I might even hand them AI before I hand them 2001 because it is accessible and it's, uh, it, you know, it's at once a tribute film to Kubrick. Um, but also very much his. So, um, you know, all that said, 2001 has proven its staying power uh, over and over and over again. It takes multiple viewings, and uh, it, it will be with us as long as there are movies. So the edge goes to 2001. But I, I say that with the uh, heavy heart that we're leaving AI out of this so early in the game. What did I just yeah. shut down the show? Yeah, you, 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 how dare you put forth the classic movie? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Two thousand one. On to, into the next round. Uh, on to our next fight. 
It is Cloverfield versus Godzilla. And I know what you're thinking, Cloverfield, what the fuck is that movie doing on here? It made me sick. But they are very similar films shot from two different angles. You've got Godzilla shot from the angle of the monster, and you know you would see people occasionally, oh no, it's Godzilla, and you would see that, but it would just be the monster rummaging through the city. Whereas you've got Cloverfield, where you almost never see the monster, and you've just got people running for life scared. And I... I even though, and you know what, Cloverfield didn't make me sick, so I'm going to have to go with Cloverfield. I don't care what anybody says. Michael? I fucking love Cloverfield. I thought that movie was brilliant, and I never understood the uh, the, the sound design in the movie and just the perspective of being on the ground. Leaving alone the, the, the videotape idea, whether the camera would have the batteries, blah, 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 blah. It was, for me, that that perspective of being... From a, you never see outside of just being running along the street. Whatever glimpses that creature you're going to get, get you get from a vantage point that you would have in that situation. And it was it was chilling. I mean, there were moments in that movie that were utterly awe inspiring. Um, the original Godzilla is classic, and it, it of course stood for for many many things, and it, it it's countless sequels and shitty U.S. remakes later on. But uh, um, and in many ways, Cloverfield is the descendant of Godzilla. Without Godzilla, Cloverfield does not exist. Uh, but I'm going to give my love to Cloverfield because, quite frankly, it's, a, it's like AI. It's one of those movies that has gotten completely trashed by a lot of people who, quite frankly, I don't think really gave the film a chance. And uh, I think it's one that's going to really hold up over time. All right, a vote for Cloverfield. Brian? Okay, as, as one of those people who gave Cloverfield a chance, and it literally made me nauseous. I'm going to have to uh, cast my vote for Godzilla, not just because I, you know, all those things you said about about Cloverfield were true, Michael. It's just that Godzilla is an icon. He is an icon of science fiction. He's one of those big ones up there. He's one of those things that people turn to, whether for good or bad. Godzilla is the king of the monsters, and so he gets my vote. A vote for Godzilla, John. All right. Um, I, I think between the two, you know, I also loved Cloverfield. Um, I actually went to see that on opening day just so I could see the teaser for uh, Star Trek. Uh, but I came out loving the movie. Um, but I think when it comes down to Cloverfield versus Godzilla, Godzilla is still more of a kind of pure sci-fi movie. I think of Cloverfield as a great monster movie and a great experiment in style. But Godzilla, with our you know, 50 years removed uh, uh, retrospective view of it, uh, was trying to say something about uh, you know, the, uh, the nuclear attack on Japan and uh, et cetera, et cetera, technology out of control. And uh, Cloverfield didn't really feel the need to do that. That's fine. Good choice. But um, when it just comes down to sci-fi movie versus sci-fi movie, uh, I'm going to call it Godzilla. A vote for Godzilla. It's all tied up. Coming down to you there, Mike. Uh, I, As much as I love Cloverfield, I'm going to have to go with Godzilla because, uh, like everyone said, it's the, it's the icon. There are Godzilla comic books and action figures, uh, huge numbers of action figures and statues, whole stores of them. Uh, you don't you don't get bigger than that, and Cloverfield is just a kind of Godzilla anyway. So uh, we'll have to give it to Godzilla. A vote for Godzilla. Godzilla. 
wins. On to our next fight, Michael. This one is yours. It is Star Wars: A New Hope versus Avatar. Ugh. <laughs> well, this is a this is a fun matchup. Um, you know, it, Star Wars. I, my whole problem with Star Wars, you know, in terms of best science fiction, has always been it's more it's fantasy. It's more of a a western in space than it is anything else. Is it strictly? Could this story also work? Uh, not being set in outer space. Well, yeah, of course it could because it has worked. But the, the the problem I have is that Avatar is also the same thing. Uh, Avatar is essentially dances with wolves on another planet. Um, so now it comes down to which one do I feel was more transportive? Which one was more interesting from, I, I, I get not maybe a technical standpoint, but which one was just kind of moved me more in terms of, I don't know, this... It's an interesting matchup because it, it, they're very similar films in some regards, but uh, I, I think clearly Star Wars has had much more impact on the uh, on the film universe than Avatar has so far. I mean, so I think you can, at this point it would be silly for me to vote for Avatar over Star Wars, even though I don't think that Star Wars A New Hope is the strongest of the uh, Star Wars films. It's the one that started it, so Star Wars. A vote for Star Wars. Brian. Now, I'm tempted to uh, step outside of the reins and uh, instead of voting for Avatar, the James Cameron movie, I'm tempted to vote for Avatar, the last airbender. If this were a vote between Star Wars, the new hope and Avatar, the last airbender, <laughs> even the ch- the shitty movie, I would give my vote to Avatar. But why? Because I lo- have you. Do- have you watched that series? That series no, is awesome. What- now, the series is the, 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 the best the, series on television. Yeah, <laughs> okay. but so what? I mean, the, but even the shitty movie, and it was a <laughs> shitty movie. What? So what? It's geek logic. I don't have to make sense to anybody but me. <laughs> that is true. Okay, but now I'm going to give my vote to Star Wars. But I don't love Star Wars as much as a lot of other people do. So I'm not going to stay down this path if something else comes up. So right now. Uh, I hate James Cameron more than I like Star Wars or something like that, so Star Wars gets my vote. A vote for Star Wars. John? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know that I can really argue this about what is more sci-fi or less sci-fi or whatever. Um, plain and simple, Avatar, I thought, was an achievement, but it bored me. And Star Wars, from the time I was five years old, had characters that I could get behind. And, man, that movie just moves. I, you know, what, Avatar is like twice the length of Star Wars, and it feels like it goes nowhere. So this is so easy. Yes, Star Wars A New Hope wins. Another vote for Star Wars. Mike? Five words. Star Wars changed my life. Star Wars. That was six words. No, I'm just fucking with you. Another vote for Star Wars. Um, Gee, I wonder where Damon's going to vote on this. Really? You do you know. Hate, that- you hate Avatar. I also dislike Star Wars A New Hope greatly. I, too, agree that Star Wars doesn't deserve to be on the list because I firmly believe it's a fantasy film. It's not really science fiction to me, but I was told that I have to put it on here because it's Star Wars, goddammit. Uh, I dislike Avatar a lot too, but both of them, we haven't seen what's going to happen from the game, the way the game has been changed for Avatar, but 
it, it changed the way people make films. At least, hopefully, it will. Just like Star Wars did 34 years ago now. So, you know, it, it it's really hard to do. But like you said, you, you, you haven't seen the effect of Avatar. And if the effect of Avatar is just everything being in 3D, I'm going to be kind of pissed off about that. I, I, I really dislike the 3D movement. But I'm going to give my vote to Avatar because I don't want Star Wars to have a clean fucking sweep. Fuck you, Star Wars. <laughs> On to our you next fight. freak. You freak. Let's hear it for Spite. Yay! <laughs> Star- That's Mr. Spite to you, fella. <laughs> Star Wars is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Brian, this one is yours. It is Close Encounters versus Contact. Oh, wow. Um, you know, Close Encounters, when I first time I saw it, I actually did, I did feel good about the experience. You know, it wasn't Star Wars. It wasn't you know, a bunch of explosions, but I did feel good about the experience. When I saw Contact, the one and only time I saw Contact, I felt like a piece of my soul had been ripped from my body and pissed on by Matthew McConaughey and Jodie Foster. I really did not like that movie. I re- it was just a pointless waste of time. It was sad. Yes, it was science fiction, but I don't know what it was. It was painful. So I'm going to choose Close Encounters. A vote for Close Encounters, John. Um, you know, I think this is actually a pretty good pairing here because they're, um, they're both smart science fiction films. Um, I, I think they are a little divisive. Um, they're, they're not the kind of overall crowd favorites all the time like Star Wars, except for you, Damon. Um but I, I think the edge, you know, again, here goes to longevity, pop culture, uh, entrenchment. And in that case, it's going to go to Close Encounters. Uh, but I, I liked Contact, you know, didn't love it, maybe. But uh, I, you know, I would defend that movie. Just not in this case. Close Encounters. A vote for Close Encounters. Mike. Uh, I'm also going to go with Close Encounters. Uh, it There's a scene in that movie when the big ship comes up over Bevel's Tower, that one shot is just beautiful. And for that alone, uh, it's got to move on. Uh, uh, it is an excellent film. I, I enjoy watching it. I still enjoy watching it, but I, I, I like Contact a lot. I, I, I enjoy that film a lot. Um, the, the, mo- the movie has lots of great moments, uh, like why build one when you can build two for twice the price, the crazy guy in space, or, or the fact that she goes on this marvelous, magical, mystical journey, and when she gets back, she's only been gone for two seconds, and they're like, no, you didn't go anywhere, it failed, it didn't work, we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board, but we know, and everybody else knows, that that shit happened. So I, I, I got to go with Contact. Michael? I loved Contact. I, I thought, it, you know, it was, yeah, it was a, a bit too cloying and emotional in parts, and I'm not sure about the whole dead father thing on the beach either. I know South Park wasn't exactly a fan. Um, and, you know, there were, there were a few moments like that, and they could have done without the, the potential love story. But there was some awe-inspiring stuff in that movie. And it, it just reminds me of how great a filmmaker uh, Robert Zemeckis can be when he's bothering to make real movies. Uh, so that would be nice if you know, Robert Zemeckis, come on, come on back someday, Robert, and make real movies again. That would be real nice. 
Um, Close Encounters, though, poor Close Encounters had to come out in 1977. All fucking years for that movie to come out, and what? Oh, poor, poor Close Encounters. It still manages to to be a classic film, and it's it is one of those movies that is actually a lot more terrifying than people remember. It's it's not a, a soft film in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's an optimistic film about aliens, but at the same time, there's a lot of moments in that movie where you don't know what the hell's going on, why the aliens are doing this. People are freaked out, scared, being driven mad. It's a very edgy film, and even though the film ends on a happy note, you've been put through the ringer with that thing. And I, I it's one of Spielberg's best movies, so I'm going to go full-on Close Encounters. Close Encounters gets the win. On to our next fight. John, this one is yours. It is Wally versus John Carpenter. <laughs> oh, man. What the hell kind of matchup is that? <laughs> well, you know, all right, so, yeah, Michael, this is a weird matchup. But you know what? These are both great movies. I, I love them yeah. both. Um, and, and this is really hard for me. Um they're both movies that if they're on, um, I, I just absolutely will stop everything and, and watch them. Um, I, I think Wally, uh, to paraphrase other critics, uh, when that came out, they said, you know, this is one of the best performances in the vein of silent movie acting ever, you know, since Chaplin, Keaton, and Lloyd, um, all in this animated character. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing is an awesome thrill ride some great effects some great scares um and and it, it's just a blast but i think i'm gonna have to go you know I'm, I'm trying to think about things here in terms of what is purely sci-fi in all the great senses of the word of what is sci-fi and i'm going to give the edge here to wally um i think the technology is great both the technology in the film and the technology of the film. I think it has a lot to say, um, and, and it's a piece of art. So um, I'm going to say Wally. A vote for Wally, Mike. Uh, I, you know, they are both great movies. So I will just put this one as a fight, and I think the thing would rip Wally apart. <laughs> All right, a vote for the thing. Um, where do I go with this one? I, I like Wally. I like the thing. I, I have nothing against either film. Um, ah, R two D two. No R two. No R two. No R two D two with rocket packs. No R two. No R two D two. Okay then. Okay then. Well, it's cold outside, so right now I really wouldn't want to watch uh, that movie. The, the thing just because of that all this snow and cold and ugh, I hate thinking about it and Wally just has lots of trash and fat people and I like trash and I'm fat so I'm going to go with Wally <laughs> Michael what the flying fuck was that geek logic sir geek logic oh that's the geek logic my ass uh, anyway um Good Lord. Look, I I am a Pixar junkie. I have been a Pixar junkie since day one with those guys. I think every time they hit it out of the park, and I would never vote against a a Pixar movie ever. Except that John Carpenter's The Thing is one of the best sci-fi thrillers ever made. Maybe the best sci-fi thriller ever made. Uh, It is... 
and I view it as even more pure sci-fi than Wall-E in some ways because this <laughs> it's sci-fi on a molecular level. This is a this is a creature that could come to Earth and literally assume the form of anything it comes into contact with, and if it gets into a pub, you know a public area or a populated area, we're fucked. So these guys are literally put in the position of having to save humanity at the same time to save their own lives and realizing that there's not going to be a happy ending. This movie, you know almost from the first, I'd say, half hour, that there is not going to be a happy ending to this, and it has one of the best endings I've ever seen in a movie. It just pretty much leaves things open, but not really. And you've gone through this amazing journey with these people who have had to just fight off something that they cannot comprehend yet that they cannot deny. And also the, the creature effects still have not been topped. This is before CGI, before any of that. And they still have not been topped. They are absolutely mind blowing, creepy. And John Carpenter knows how to light a fucking hallway and make it creepy without anything going on. Uh, <laughs> it's got a fantastic cast and it, it just, Nothing in that movie, it does make a, it, it's a lean, mean machine of a movie, and yet it's very solemn, very, very quiet at times. It's not a very loud picture. This is a film that really gets most of its, its, its so, juice just from the silences in the picture. The Thing, I'm voting for The Thing. You're going right? Thing. It's all tied up, coming down to you, Brian. Did your, did your buddy tell some any work on the, uh, on the, uh, The Thing? Michael? No, my buddy Don Savi did not work on the thing. It was Rob Routine. Oh, okay. Rob Routine did effects for the thing. Well, then I'm going to feel a little bit better about crushing your hopes and voting for Wally. Oh. Because, uh, man, what you said, everybody think, everything everybody else said is true. But once again, you said it, Mike. You know that the thing is not going to have a happy ending. And you know that Wally is. And sometimes you just want a happy ending. So. Wally. And Wally is moving on. I, I, I paused there on the off chance that somebody was going to change their vote. Wally moving into the next round. <laughs> on to our next fight. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. Why were, you pa- why were you pausing? For you? The only person who should have changed their vote should have been you, you lame motherfucker. <laughs> you know, you know. Just for that, I am not going to change my vote. Fuck! Oh, you weren't going to change. You weren't going to change your vote anyway. Uh, you know what? Yeah, you weren't going to change your vote. Yeah, I might have because I really did feel bad. Michael did make a very good argument there, and he won't be able to continue on with it. Let's right. try our next fight, <laughs> Mike. This one is yours. It is the day the Earth stood still, the non-Keanu version versus Gattaca. Klatu uh, Barada Nikto. I'm voting for the day the Earth stood still. All right, and we're we're talking the non-Keanu version, so I've got to go with Gattaca. No, uh, I, I actually, <laughs> I love Gattaca. Gattaca is one of my favorite movies. I I, I like the, it, my favorite moment in that film, because I know it's not making it out of this round, my favorite moment in that film is when uh, Jude Law starts scrubbing down his body and then climbs into the furnace and kills himself. It doesn't make any sense because he doesn't need to kill himself. He's technically broken the law, but what are they going to do? Put him in jail? The other guy's already in space. So I've got to go with Gattaca. Michael? Day of the Earth stood still. Um, it's more influential, I think. Gattaca I loved. I love Gattaca. But, uh, you know, the Day of the Earth stood still is one of the few positive. It, it, it inverts the, uh, um, the aliens invasion movie. You know, the aliens, the good guy, and we're the assholes. 
Um, I still don't think it's that great a film overall. I think it's a little bore, it's a little dull, a little stagey. Um, but uh, compared to the Keanu version, I love the fact that we had to specify non-Keanu <laughs> here in the in the title. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'll go with David. The day the earth stood still. Day the earth stood still, Brian. You know, I'm thinking here if we if we put this down to a fight, not only would Gort kick the crap out of of uh, uh, Jude Law, but Michael Rennie would beat the crap out of Jude Law, and that's saying something. Um, but of the two films, I just like the dirt, day the earth stood still. You know, Gort, Klaatu, Barada, Nick Doe, One Eye, Death Rays. Everything, science, flying saucer, Washington Hole, 50s, black and white, love it. All right, and John? Well, how do you argue with that? Um, yeah, Day of the Earth Stood Still is awesome. It, it's, you know, Robert Wise was uh, a director who I think was appreciated but didn't have necessarily the uh, household name recognition that he should should have had and uh i love this and i love his other movies um it's just cool and man it still holds up and i it sure as hell holds up better than uh keanu so uh day there stood still all right the day there stood still moving on on to our next fight speaking of keanu it's bill and ted's excellent adventure versus the truman show um I put the Truman Show on here because Jared suggested it, and at first I was like, "What the fuck? The Truman Show doesn't deserve to be on this list." But then we, we, when you start to think about it, it's it's a very science fiction movie. There's lots of science fiction things in it that uh, I think we all forget about because it's just near future. So people just excuse that as not really science fiction. That's near future, but uh, there's lots of science fiction elements in the movie, and. Uh, as much as I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, it's a fun movie. I'm going to go with Truman Show, that, that, just just for me. Uh, Michael? Yeah, I, I agree that Truman Show belongs on this list. I think it's, uh, it's a very narrow definition, but it deserves consideration. Um, and it's a terrific movie. I love Peter Weir. And interestingly, it's written by Andrew Nichol, who wrote Gattaca. So he's represented on this thing twice. Um, I have a problem with Truman Show, though. I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina when I saw it. And when I saw the movie, halfway through, Harry Shearer comes on as this sort of uh, talk show host who's like doing this call-in portion about the Truman Show in the movie. And he says, ah, and a caller from Charlotte, North Carolina, come on in. Everyone in the theater cheered. Hey, Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is the voice we heard. Yeah, that there Truman Show, I don't like it so much. And it was like, oh, God. Oh, that fucking tired Southern stereotype rears its ugly head once again. So fuck the Truman Show. I'm going with Bill and Ted. <laughs> Vote for Bill and Ted. Brian. Um, really? There's, is there any question as to whether I'm not going to vote for the film that's the serious social commentary or the film about two uh, doofuses who rule the world? I'm going to vote for Bill and Ted. <laughs> John? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I it, you know I, I do think that Bill and Ted is uh, the more sci-fi of the two, but I think Truman's Show was really smart, and it was one of the last things I really liked Jim Carrey in. So um, we're going to go with Truman Show. Oh, vote for Truman Show! It's all tied up and coming down to you there, Mike. Uh, wow. Um, 
Well, I'll, I'll definitely agree that The Truman Show is a sci-fi movie, or very close to being a sci-fi movie. But uh, i got to vote for Bill and Ted, because if we don't, they're just going to go back in time and change it and win. Yeah, they do have a time machine. Bill and Ted, moving on into the next round. On to our next fight, Michael. This one is yours. It is Moon versus Forbidden Planet. Well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, Moon is... Um... This one's going to be a look back. Give that. I would love to see twenty years in the future and see what reputation Moon has. I think it's going to end up being kind of like an AI or two thousand and one, where it's one of those rare, great, heady sci-fi films that comes out that people are really going to get a lot more out of in the future. I think that's it's a it's a it's a modern classic already in my view. I mean, I feel really strongly about that movie. That having been said, Forbidden Planet, holy shit, that movie is about as fucking iconic as it gets. Robbie the Robot, the fucking ship, Leslie Nielsen, uh, the Krell, Anne Francis, who sadly just passed away about a week ago. Uh, I mean, this, this, uh, this was one of the films that my father exposed me to when I was a kid. Uh, you know, he, this was one he grew up loving, and he wanted me to see it, and I loved it just as much. The, the set design and the mat work in that movie is immaculate. And it gives you such a, you never see the Krell, the alien race on the planet, but you get such an amazing impression of what they must have looked like just from the equipment that they built, the sets that they designed. And it's, it is uh, one of those, those films that just are some elements of it dated, I suppose so. But at the same time, it fills you with such an amazing wonder that a film of that nature could have gotten made during a time where most people were just doing alien invasion flicks and giant insect movies. So I gotta go with Forbidden Planet. A vote for Forbidden Planet, Brian. Um, yeah. Um, Moon may be underrated, but it put me right to fucking sleep. And <laughs> Forbidden Planet. What doesn't what? put you to sleep? Um, anything by Red Shirt Productions. Those are always entertaining, engaging, and delightful watches. <laughs> I don't like you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> he was complimenting your production company, but that, okay. Anyway, yeah. Brian. Yeah, but uh, Forbidden Planet is 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 just an all around an awesome movie. I mean, come on, it's got um, a hot chick with a pointy cone bra, a robot, and Leslie Nielsen. That's the trifecta right there. What else more do you need? Forbidden Planet. A vote for Forbidden Planet, John. Um, I love Boone. I don't know why I put you to sleep, man. Um, I thought it was a beautiful to look at, be smart and see it had me on the edge of my seat. I, Sam Rockwell was awesome in that movie. Um, to me, what's interesting here is not just is it two movies that I really like and really feel passionately about up against each other. And I would be happy if either one of these won. Um, it, it's interesting to me because you have, a truly, you know, great studio picture in every sense of the word up against this tiny little, you know, cobbled together film um, done in the modern age. You know, couldn't be further apart from each other if they tried. Um, so it, it's kind of a very unfair fight in that respect. Uh, but because of its staying power, because it is a movie that you will go back and watch over and over and over again. Forbidden Planet gets my vote. A vote for Forbidden Planet. Mike? Hmm. I uh, I will give it to Moon just for uh, Sam Rockwell. 
Uh, I, too, will give it to Moon, not only because of Sam Rockwell, because he's the only person in the movie. I, I, don't, I don't know if people notice that. You know, there's like three other people that you see in like video screens. That's it. Great but, voice work by Kevin Spacey, though. Uh, voice work by Kevin Spacey. You were correct. Right. But not only for that, but because it got overlooked for a movie that I found to be a shitty film. I know you guys like it, District 9, which isn't on this list. If District 9 didn't come out, Moon wouldn't be underappreciated. People would have seen it. But District 9 was being touted as, oh, it's the greatest science fiction movie ever. Not on our list, but Moon is, and I'm voting for Moon. But Forbidden Planet is on to the next fight. Or next round, on to the next fight. Brian, this one is yours. It is Back to the Future versus The Time Machine from 1960. Oh, well, as uh, regular listeners to the podcast will know, I detest everything Back to the Future. So um, my vote goes to The Time Machine. It could be District 9 up against Back to the Future. It could be a steaming pile of Brontosaurus poo, and I would vote for it as opposed to Back to the Future. So... The Time Machine. A vote for The Time Machine. John. And you're a weird dude. Um, all right, Back to the Future versus Time Machine. Again, I love them both so, so much. Um, Time Machine is designed beautifully. Uh, it's a smart movie. Uh, but, you know, this kind of is the year of Back to the Future. The anniversary, the awesome Blu-ray. Seeing it back on the big screen again, as I did just a couple months ago, um, so that, that's the movie that's on my mind right now. And I think it's a good way to get people who are not into sci-fi hooked on sci-fi. So back to the future, a uh, vote for back to the future, Mike. Yeah, I, I absolutely love back to the future. Um, there's no way I'm voting against it for, uh, for the time machine. I really didn't like that movie. All right. A vote for back to the future. And, uh, you know, I would vote for back to the future, if I had a hoverboard, it's 2011. God damn it. We're four years away from having hoverboards. Where are the prototypes? I want my goddamn hoverboard. That being said, I'm going to vote for the time machine. It's an excellent film. Michael, it's all tied up and coming down to you. It's just, a, I mean, a brontosaurus crap. I mean, you'd be fossilized by now. A steaming pile of brontosaurus crap wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> How would that even work? If you had a time machine. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, right, right. No, I'm sorry. I got, I got distracted. Um, the uh, uh, Look, I love the time machine. It's the apocryphal time travel story, H.D. Wells. You know, it all kind of springs from there to a large extent. I, I, I saw that movie not too long ago. For all its creativity and for all the, 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 the positive aspects of it, it really hasn't aged that well. And there's elements of that movie where it's just kind of like, ooh, boy, they, that's, ugh. I wouldn't, I don't know if that's one of, like, Forbidden Planet, I would show to anybody at a drop of a hat. I don't know if I would do that with the time machine so much. And Back to the Future is just an insanely clever film that, uh, for me, because of the fact that it's a time travel movie, kind of gets away with the fact that it takes place in the 80s. Because you could just say, well, that's when it took place. It's almost a period piece now. But it works. It's still, it's still a very, very clever, very well acted film. And, uh. You know, I think they would have a better chance of traveling back in time and making things work than the guy from the Time Machine. And also, the Time Machine inspired a really shitty remake a few years ago with Guy Pierce. So, uh, Back to the Future hasn't done that yet. So that's that's I'm going Back to the Future. 
And Back to the Future moves on. On to our next fight. John, this one is yours. It's J.J. Trek or Star Trek from 2009 versus Logan's Run. I hate you so much right now, Damon. Um, man. Well, we, wow. all, we all feel that way. <laughs> um, I, well, I, I, you know, we could do a whole show just on these two movies. Uh, Logan's Run is so off-maligned and incorrectly so. Uh, I think the original is great, although I do think it's a movie that is ripe for a remake, reboot, reimagination, whatever you want to call it. It's not sacred. Um, Star Trek proved the same thing with Star Trek. Star Trek was kind of sacred and untouchable, but you could reboot it, remold it, reinvent it, and make it fresh and new and exciting for a new audience. And uh, that movie saved star trek in many many ways um oh and if i can uh paraphrase a line from uh the movie free enterprise just to tie in star trek with logan's run here uh the the scene where the uh, rob character goes up to a kid in toys r us and says kid when i was your age logan's run was the greatest movie i ever saw and uh i felt pretty close at that same time and then star wars came out and changed everything um but, you know, uh, going back to kind of my logic on Forbidden Planet versus Moon or Back to the Future versus the Time Machine, Star Trek is a movie that I can drag a non-sci-fi fan in to see and feel pretty confident that they will come out absolutely loving it. So um, Star Trek, for all its great achievement, for it reinvigorating Star Trek and getting it back into the pop culture, Star Trek 2009 wins all right, a vote for Star Trek. Mike? Yeah, um, I'm just glad that I get to vote for Star Trek on this list. Star Trek. A vote for Star Trek. Um, when you turn 30, if you have not yet seen Logan's Run, it is a movie that you have to see if you are a science fiction fan. I'm not joking. It's required. It's in the handbook because you must renew, renew, renew. And it's a really... I liked it. I liked the movie a lot. And... As much as I like Star Trek 2009, I'm going to give my vote to Logan's run here. Michael? Yeah, this is an interesting battle. Um, look, Star Trek blew my mind in a way because it shouldn't have been good. It actually shouldn't have been very – it had no business being very good and had almost an infinitesimal chance of being so damn good I've watched it ten times. Uh, that Star Trek was a, nothing short of a miracle. That movie really did an amazing job of reinventing a franchise that I dearly love, uh, bringing back characters that have, you know, played by new actors who I – was like, you can't replace Shatner and Nimoy. It's heresy. Well, they did it, and uh, I can't wait to see the next one. On a conceptual level, though, Logan's Run, I think, is much more ambitious sci-fi. The, the ideas in that movie are really interesting, really fascinating stuff. And I agree, and I'm not much for remakes, but from a creative standpoint, I think you could do something really interesting with Logan's Run these, these days. That having been said, really, has anyone watched Logan's Run lately? It's really not very good at all. It, it has dated worse than uh, old milk, man. It is just bad there's really unintentionally campy shit in that movie that has just not held up at all some of the performances are so ripe you can smell them from 100 miles away it is not pleasant and i actually enjoy watching the spoof scene in free enterprise more than the real thing 
So again, I I'll give it props. It was 1976. What the fuck are you gonna do? But uh, Star Trek has got to get my vote. Uh, vote for Star Trek and Brian. Well, you know, I I have just recently seen uh, Logan's Run, and I was not displeased with it. I agree with everyone that it has a lot of interesting concepts. Uh, the production design uh, was pretty um, far ahead of its time, and and the production itself was actually pretty top notch for the time. No, it does not age well, but neither did Michael York, nor is that thing on his face a nose. But still, it's a, it's a pretty good movie, and it was pretty good for its time, and I like the concepts of it. But I love the Star Trek movie, so Star Trek gets my vote. <laughs> All right. Star Trek moving on. On to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Akira versus Metropolis. Um, hmm. Well, I was going to go Metropolis, but uh, I like the way you say Akira, so I will pick Akira. A vote for Akira! And I, too, will be voting for Akira. Uh, I, I love that film. It's it's what made me realize that you could do animation that wasn't for kids, and it, you could do the same things that you could do with regular movies, and uh, I, I love it to death. So I'm going to go with Akira. Michael? Well, this is interesting because the next two fights, I think, are going to be sort of the uh, – we're looking at the, the, the predecessor and the, 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 the sort of the, the second generation. I mean, looking – Metropolis. Without Metropolis, there is no Akira. I mean, Akira it, it takes so many v- visual cues from what Metropolis did. Um, I think it would be almost criminal to vote against Akira. You know, vote for Akira against Metropolis. And I love Akira, but at Metropolis, without that, I mean, there is no. It's the it's the the seminal sci-fi movie. It was the one that literally gave birth to practically everything that's come after it. It's influenced almost every single movie on this list. And Akira, I gotta be honest with you. You go Akira, and my it's like it's bored into my fucking brain. The other kid running around the city going Tetsuo, and the other one kid going it's Akira Tetsuo. And I was like, oh god, I wish these two fuckers would shut up. <laughs> so I, 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 that annoyed the shit out of me. I remember when I saw that. So I gotta go with Metropolis. A vote for Metropolis, Brian. Now, see, when I looked at this, I looked at this as Akira, the animated movie, versus Metropolis, the animated movie. Um, uh, Metropolis, the animated movie, um, based on the work of Osama Tetsuku, the guy who created uh, Astro Boy. And so I was looking this at this as more of a uh, contest between anime titans. But, taking into account all the things that Mike said, particularly how really aggravated I got with Akira and just how way annoying anime fans became after Akira, I'm going to give my vote to Metropolis. A vote for Metropolis. No love for Akira! That's <laughs> John, it's all tied up and coming down to you. Well, good. Um... You know, my personal bias is I'm just not that big of a fan of anime. There's some great anime movies out there, but it doesn't really get me excited. Uh, Metropolis is required viewing. It is absolutely required viewing. And, man, the way that this movie has been rediscovered and with the new DVD editions out, uh, the complete Metropolis, which just came out a few months ago, 
um, you realize what an incredible achievement that flick is. And like everybody else has said here, without Metropolis, there is no modern-day sci-fi. So Metropolis wins, hands down. A vote for Metropolis. Metropolis moves on. On to our next fight. It is Blade Runner versus Dark City. And I have said over and over and over and over and over again how much I don't like and don't really care about Blade Runner. Um, I can almost say the same thing about Dark City, but I actually do like Dark City. I, I don't know why. I enjoy the film. It's really fucked up and twisted. But, um, you know, without Blade Runner, there is no Dark City. And uh, I got to go Blade Runner on this one. Michael? Yeah, like I said, this is, again, you know, Blade, Dark City does not exist without Blade Runner, clearly. And Dark City is a great fucking science fiction movie. In fact, I think it's probably more pure sci-fi than Blade Runner is. Blade Runner is essentially a detective story set in the future, a future which is rapidly coming up. Uh, so it's, it, it, it's probably less true sci-fi than Dark City, but it's fucking Blade Runner. I... I, I there's very few movies on this list that I'm going to vote against. Put fuck against Blade Runner. I'm going to vote against Blade Runner. It just doesn't really fucking happen. Um, but I would love to give a shout out to Dark City. I'm thank God for Roger Ebert for giving that movie as much love as he has because I think he single handedly kept it from being completely forgotten. And it is uh, it's a it's a brilliant film that's going to get played on, get much more attention in the years to come. But uh, come on, it's, it's fuck. Come on, it's like the end of Chinatown. Forget it. It's Blade Runner. Uh, vote for Blade Runner. Brian? Well, you know, uh, both of these being really good movies, I remember watching Dark City and enjoying it, but it just did not have the same impact for me that Blade Runner has has had. You know, it just doesn't carry through. It just doesn't... It didn't touch me in the same way. I mean, I you know, I'm not one of these guys who knows Blade Runner back and forth, but I remember... Enough about it. I remember William Sanderson. I remember uh, Rutger Hauer. I remember what's her name, Daryl Hannah's character. I remember, wow, it was that Sean Young was not crazy. Come on, <laughs> that in itself is an accomplishment. So, Blade Runner is going to have to get my vote just just because it, it, it of its visual impact and 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 it's in what it has affected sad just alone. alone. All right. A vote for Blade Runner. John? Uh, Dark City is a cool movie, and uh, I I, kind of came to that one late, and I was really glad that somebody introduced it to me, and uh, I really dug it. But Blade Runner is a movie that, you know, I won't see for a while, and I go, huh, you know, was Blade Runner really as good as I remember it? Is it really as good as everybody says it is? And I'll go watch it again, and I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is really really good and uh, i discover new things about it every time i watch it um so for me the choice is pretty easy that uh, blade runner is it all right a vote for blade runner mike is it a clean sweep um well actually uh yes all right i was trying to come up with something for dark city but no just couldn't <laughs> All right, last fight of the first round. Wow, this one went long. <laughs> Michael, this is yours. It is Tron versus Planet of the Apes. Okay, unlike the previous two matchups, there's really no line of uh, 
uh, to be drawn between Planet of the Apes and Tron. Uh, these are very, very different science fiction films. I think they're um, the same. They're a guy taken from his own thing and put into a, a new thing with a bunch of people who are really weird. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, um, so yeah, we got Tron <laughs> and Planet of the Apes here. And uh, look, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I've never been a fan of the Planet of the Apes series. I just, I don't. I don't like them. I never have. I don't like any other movies at all. Uh, I, mean, I, I admire the first. The Tron. Yeah, they do have. No, they're apes, though. They're not monkeys. That's the problem. Um, Orangutans and chimps. And I want. Yeah, no, 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 it's just not holding together. Uh, but I mean, I, I got to give the, the original Planet of the Apes its props. I mean, it's an incredibly important sci-fi parable, and it's you know got Charlton Heston in that amazing performance. My 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 allegiance is with Tron, and it has nothing to do with all the Tron business going on right now. The original Tron blew me away as a kid because I no one had ever seen anything visually like that before, and all its flaws and the fact that it's got a lot of uh, wood you know wooden elements to it and some bad you know some really bad dialogue and, and plot points, but it's it's a stunner. It's an absolute stunner, and it's the type of movie that can only be you only see that sort of thing in the movies. So Tron, a vote for Tron, Brian. Tron is a, is is a significant accomplishment in terms of of uh, special effects and 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 in terms of of the story and what was going on. I, it really grokked with me because I I am an uber nerd. However, Doctor Zayas, 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 oh oh oh, Doctor Zayas. Okay, a vote for Planet of the Apes, John. Or the Simpsons. <laughs> um, South Park did the Tron thing. Oh, I I didn't okay. see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That was so funny. Uh, South Park that went nowhere. Tron thing. Random. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Um, yeah, you know, I I just saw Tron Legacy, and it reminded me of the weaknesses of the original Tron and uh, Planet of the Apes. Dude, screenplay by Rod Serling. Um, I just think that movie does hold up and uh, it's got a lot to say all packed into the, you know, less than two hours running time. Um, Yeah, not all the sequels were as good, but, you know, we're not voting on the sequels here. Love Planet of the Apes. So that one wins. A vote for Planet of the Apes. Mike. Yeah, Planet of the Apes for sure. Planet of the Apes gets another vote. Um, wow. I, 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 you know what? Planet of the Apes has already won, so I will throw a vote to Tron because, goddamn you, damn dirty apes! I don't really like them that much. So, Planet of the Apes. Moving on to the next round, we've got Flash Gordon, Twelve Monkeys, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Two Thousand One, Godzilla, Star Wars, Close Encounters, Wally, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Forbidden Planet, Back to the Future, Star Trek Two Thousand Nine, Metropolis, Blade Runner, and Planet of the Apes. All moving into the next round. We'll be back after these short messages. Have you ever seen? If you think you know fear, if you think you face pain, if you think you've seen evil. Get ready to go, Cyclo. (laughs) 
Battlefield Earth. Stupid humans. Rated PG-13. We are back, and uh, we're going to do our geek cred. We do it almost every week. We're, we're going to try, because some of you don't remember these folks. They've been on before, but you haven't been listening the whole time. Uh, we're going to go to our geek cred, and we're going to start with you, Michael. What, sir, is your geek cred? Oh, uh, well, I, I run on, uh, own and operate uh, Redshirt Pictures, which produces uh, documentaries, features, and commentaries for a variety of DVD releases, mostly horror films. And uh, also do some short films and other work on the side. All right. Brian, what is your geek cred, sir? Uh, I'm just a big nerd. Um, I basically know a little bit about everything that falls within the, uh, within the umbrella of nerdness. Plus, I'm into things that nobody in their right mind, or at least nobody that I know, pays any attention to. You know, you want to talk to somebody about the whole daikaiju and the Japanese superhero phenomenon, I'm the man to talk to, as well as comic books and movies and sci-fi and Star Wars and computer programming and just nerd stuff. All right. And John. Hey, yeah, I'm a big geek from way back, and over the last five years I've been producing DVD geeks both as a TV show uh, and a web show for a while and now a radio show slash podcast um, also produced Biff Bam Pow Wow and uh, have reviewed many, many DVDs with uh, content from Red Shirt Pictures. Why, thank you, John. Much appreciated. And I would also <laughs> vote for everyone to also listen to DVD Geeks. Their opinions matter. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. And your check is in the mail. <laughs> thank you very much. Hey, how come when he plugs somebody, it's okay, but you hate it when I say anything nice about you, Michael? Because Michael doesn't like things nice said about him. Wait, what? No, that isn't English. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> right back into the fights. Brian, this one is yours. It is Flash Gordon from 1980 versus 12 Monkeys. Just oh, have... well, you know, um, Flash Gordon was uh, was uh, written by uh, Lorenzo Simple Jr., who wrote um, many an episode of the original Batman series, which has been confirmed on this show as being the greatest superhero program of all time. So even though 12 Monkeys is written and directed by Terry Gilliam, who may be arguably one of the best uh, fantasy science fiction directors in the world and is a member of the uh, Monty Python troupe, which may be one of the funniest groups in the world, these have not yet been acknowledged by the geek fight. So since... Flash Gordon is in some way affiliated with a Geek Fight accreditation. I'm giving my vote to Flash Gordon. A vote to Flash Gordon in the weirdest way possible. John? Uh, you know, 12 monkeys might have monkeys in it, but uh, I have two words for about Flash Gordon, and that is Princess Aura. So all other movies will fall down to that argument. So Flash wins again. All right, another vote for Flash Gordon. Mike? You know, many years ago, uh, I would just, I would get high with my roommate and watch a DVD that he rented. Three times in a period of about two months, he came back with 12 Monkeys because he would forget that he watched it (laughs) and go to the video store and say, that cover looks cool. And he'd bring it home and say, look what I got. So in the end, there were 36 monkeys, and that's a lot of monkeys. So I think I have to stick with that. A vote for 12 monkeys. 
And uh, you, I almost won a vote for the movie that makes Brad Pitt look like an ugly dude because he is a freaky, ugly dude in that movie. But I can't vote against Flash. Ah, savior of the universe. I gotta vote for Flash Gordon. Michael. Hmm. Twelve Monkeys has monkeys, but that was a good point about Ornella Moody's wonderful rack and Flash Gordon. I, I hadn't thought about that. Boy, you know, I, I think Twelve Monkeys is a brilliant movie, but fuck Flash Gordon is just so much damn fun. And it's the only one of its type on this list. It's the only kind of goofy, campy sci-fi film that really it goes back to like the 50s and the 40s and those types of, uh, of movies. So, um, fuck it. Flash Gordon. <laughs> Flash Gordon. Gordon's alive? <laughs> Gets a vote. He's Gordon. Into the next round. On to the next fight. Uh, John, this one is yours. It is Invasion of the Body Snatchers versus 2001, A Space Odyssey. Uh, I'll make it short and sweet. I love them both. Um, but I think 2001 just is uh, a technical achievement as setting the the pace for modern sci-fi films. Uh, that has to win out over Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, vote for 2001. Mike? Uh 2001 is really more than a movie. Uh, you know, it also is a book, and this wasn't an instance of two of, of a book being adapted from a movie or vice versa. It was two um, guys who were basically the tops of their field or among the top of their field doing the same idea, the same story kind of simultaneously. Both of them doing incredible jobs on both, creating kind of masterful works in two different mediums with the same subject. And there's not a lot of things that do that, so I have to give it to 2001. A vote for 2001, a space odyssey. Um, I'm going to give my vote to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, I, I just love the concept of you fall asleep, you become a completely different person. Uh, I don't believe you ever see the aliens in the movie. It's just they are aliens. They're there. They're one of you. Uh, I, that freaks me out. You all could be aliens right now. I'd never know. But I'm voting for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Michael? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Invasion was an extremely important film. Uh, dealt, you know... With the you know the rise of communism and can you really trust your friends? One of the great paranoia films of all time. Who can you trust? Can you trust anybody? Losing your humanity. In a way, two thousand one is the same sort of thing. Uh, you know, we've bec- we become subservient to the machines, and the machines take over. And it's this, but at the same time, two thousand one is just too influential and too important. And uh, it's a reluctant choice, and we're now starting to. Slice off the good films here, really, but uh, 2001. A vote for 2001. Brian. Um, let's see. Who, who directed 2001? Kubrick, right? Yep. He didn't fuck up until he got hooked yeah. up with Tom Cruise, so there you go. 2001 gets my vote. <laughs> 2001, moving on into the next round. On to our next oh. fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Godzilla! Versus Star Wars. Uh, well, you know, I, I already said before, Star Wars changed my life. If it were not for Star Wars, I would not be a geek. We would not be doing this right now. So, but even more than that, more than just Star Wars as this thing that created the Star Wars universe, just 
as a movie itself, I really like that movie a lot. You know, there's a reason why it became as big and as successful as it was, is it really struck a chord in a whole lot of people. And uh, I was one of those people, so I have to pick Star Wars. Um, yeah, I don't like Star Wars. I'm not really a big fan of Godzilla either, but um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I, I, am, I am correct. Uh, four days ago, January 20th, was uh, Pete Trudgeon's birthday. Pete has not been on the show, but he's a, he's a huge Godzilla fan. He's one of our good friends. I'm going to vote for Godzilla just for Pete because his birthday just happened. Michael? Uh, oh, boy. Um, you know what? I, I, Godzilla. I'm going to go with Godzilla. Whoa. Yeah, Godzilla. A vote for Godzilla, Brian. Well, you know I'm going with the big green lizard. Oh, yeah, but Godzilla. what's your vote? <laughs> He's going with Godzilla. Uh, John. Hmm. Um, I, I'm really shocked that so far Godzilla has gotten the votes that it has gotten. Uh, but I'm going to swing things back to Star Wars because it is really, truly the, the most important science fiction film of the last, uh, 40 years. And, uh, Godzilla's great and everything, but it, it really has to be Star Wars. Um, you are absolutely right. I was only voting for Godzilla because I didn't think anybody else would. Uh, Pete, it got enough votes. I'm changing my vote to Star Wars. There's no way I can let it go out right now. Star Wars gets a vote for me. Star Wars moving on into the next round. (laughs) You pussy. You're damn right. You're just doing that because people accuse you of being a Star Trek bias. Yeah, you know what? I voted against Star Trek, and I'm probably going to vote against Star Trek again. I am not Star Trek biased. I am Star Wars biased. Well, not, not really. But Godzilla was the Star Wars of my generation. Sorry. Then there's something wrong with your generation. Star yeah, Wars, moving on. <laughs> on to our next fight. It's Close Encounters versus Wally. Um, make it quick. I'm going Close Encounters. Michael? Uh, you know, it's... Uh, I'm still pissed about the fucking thing. Um, no, I, I, look, I, Close Encounters is the one I'm going to go with because I think it's – you don't do Wally without Close Encounters coming first. And also, as great as Wally is and as great a Pixar movie as it is, Close Encounters for me just – again, it has that edge. I saw it at the right time in my life, and I think it's – again, because it was released in 1977 with Star Wars, it never quite gets the love and the attention that Star Wars gets. So, please, let's put Close Encounters through. Uh, Close Encounters gets another vote. Brian? Uh, yeah, you know, Close Encounters is more of a sci-fi film. It's asking more of a question in which good science fiction is supposed to do. So, I'm going to go with that. A vote for Close Encounters. Uh, John? Uh, you know what, just because I think Close Encounters is going to go through, um, and because I uh, trounced upon some animation earlier with Akira, I am going to go on record here as voting Wally. Uh Not to take away from Close Encounters, because it is an awesome movie. And Michael, I uh, respect your opinion very much. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to throw my vote behind Wally. A vote for Wally, Mike? Uh, I'm going to go with Close Encounters. Um, you know, it's 
it's got a really dark tone that I, I didn't really realize when I saw it as a kid. But when I watched it as an adult, watching um, watching the descent into madness that uh, that is going on in the movie, and he just abandons his family, and it's really almost a bizarre alien abduction movie in a very strange, somewhat happy way. And those aliens were kind of creepy, and it has an X Files kind of vibe. And that's not something that I appreciated when I saw the movie. That's something that I found over time, and it's it's the kind of movie that does that. That you really can see it in a lot of different times and a lot of different ways and find something different. Okay, Close Encounters into the next round. On to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It's an easy one. The Day the Earth Stood Still versus Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, you're right, this one. At least there's an easy one here because, uh, I mean, look, you got Day the Earth Stood Still, which was it still stands as a modern classic. Bill and Ted is a lot of fun, and it was one of those movies I saw a bunch of times when I was growing up, because uh, it, it's it's just so much damn fun. But, I mean, it's going up against the day the earth stood still. So, uh, Bill and Ted. A vote for Bill and Ted. Brian. Yeah, that really, 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 really blows, and not in the way that I like it, um, <laughs> that, that Bill and Ted is up against the day the earth stood still. Because the day the earth stood still is a classic of science fiction. It's just basically the alien. It's the, it's the first contact, and as other people have said earlier, it's the uh, the aliens come to tell us we're fucking up, and you know get our shit together, and and it's it's can we make it happen? Um, so my vote goes to the uh, the day the earth stood still. A vote for the day the earth stood still, Josh. Yeah. Uh, this is so easy; it's not even funny. Uh, day the earth stood still, no question. Moving on. Vote for day there still, Mike. Uh, you know, I uh, I would really vote for day there still, but it doesn't matter because they're going to go back and change the vote anyway. So Bill and Ted. Vote for Bill and Ted. You guys suck. You guys suck so much. Because I would vote with my head, and my head says day there still. It's a, a classic. It's a sci-fi staple. They even remade it, and it was shitty. But my heart says. You know you love Bill and Ted. You know the reason, part of the reason you like science fiction is because of Bill and Ted traveling around the 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 time stream, doing crazy shit. Probably the best, probably the the absolute best time travel movie ever made. There are no paradoxes in the film. It it, it makes absolute perfect sense. Hey, dude, uh, you know what? We need those keys. Well, uh, uh, we're going to travel back in time. I'm, I'm going to take them from my dad, and we're going to put the keys there. Dude, you did steal your dad's keys. That You know, I got to go Bill and Ted. I can't vote against my heart. I got to go Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted moving on into the next round. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> on, <laughs> on to our next fight. Brian, this one is yours. It is Forbidden Planet versus Back to the Future. Oh uh, yeah, Forbidden Planet all the way. I mean, Back to the Future is a, is as people have been uh, want to say, it's a crowd pleaser and it's a real popular film and people like it and they think it's cool. But in terms of being a sci-fi movie, it's not really a sci-fi movie. It's more like a romantic comedy that's got layers of sci-fi elements in it. A time a t- machine. <laughs> Like I said, I a DeLorean it, time machine. I did not say that it was mad scientist elements. I said that it, but Forbidden Planet is hardcore spaceships, robots, 
aliens, thought machines, hot chicks, ray guns, hot chicks, robots. All of that stuff is in Forbidden Planet. You guys could like Back to the Future better, but it's not better sci-fi. All right, a vote for Forbidden Planet. John? Uh, wow. Yeah, well, that was an interesting argument, uh, except Time Machine. <laughs> um, it, it, they, they are both so iconic. You, you put a DeLorean Time Machine up against Robbie the Robot, and um, yeah, it, it's really hard to come out with a clear winner there. So, um, you know, I, I would go Forbidden Planet. I really, really would. But just to make things interesting, I'm going to say Back to the Future just because the first vote was Forbidden Planet. All right, a vote for Back to the Future. Mike? Uh, Yeah, Forbidden Planet is a classic. It is influential, but Back to the Future has a time machine, and if that moves on, then it'll be the time-traveling DeLorean versus the time-traveling phone booth, and I'd really like to see that fight. Uh, You're an asshole, Mike. But I'm even more of an asshole because I'm going to vote for Forbidden Planet and push it off to Michael. Michael, what's your vote? (laughs) All tied up, coming down to you. Yeah, yeah, you are an asshole. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is a point now where I'm not really voting against these movies. It's just because I love all of these pictures. But uh, Forbidden Planet, for me, just... It's such it's pure sci-fi in every way. Not only is the setting obviously a science fiction setting, but the very ideas and the, the the very concepts and the technology and the everything about it is science fiction. There's really no element of it that's not. Whereas with Back to the Future, and as much as I hate to agree with Brian, a lot of it is sort of a romantic comedy with time travel thrown in. Not a, that's not a knock against Back to the Future, um, but Forbidden Planet was extremely layered. And extremely deep for a film made back in I think 1954. I mean, the, the, I, you know, it's got elements of Shakespeare's The Tempest in there. I mean, it's a really heady picture, and I, I, I I'm still amazed that that has lasted as long as it has, and still managed to retain the power. So, yeah, Forbidden Planet for me. A vote for Forbidden Planet, and Forbidden Planet is moving on. On to our next fight, John. This is yours. It is Star Trek. 2009 versus Metropolis. Well, this uh, this one kind of pains me because they are both right up there in my top five sci-fi films of all time. Uh, so it's kind of like you know, what kid do you what kid do you hate more or love more? Um, man, you know what? Uh, I, I think in this case, you know, Metropolis is the granddaddy. It is the sci-fi film from which all other sci-fi films have spawned, including Star Trek. Although Star Trek owes a huge debt of gratitude to Forbidden Planet, um, but I think in terms of approachability, in terms of me getting somebody turned on to sci-fi, I'm going to sit them down in front of Star Trek 2009. So it gets my vote. All right, a vote for Star Trek 2009. Mike? Uh, I'm going to second that. Um, you know, Metropolis may be a, a classic movie, but some some point on this list, we just need to put the stuff that's a lot of fun, and that's Star Trek. All right. I'm not your daddy, I'm your grandpa. I'm not your daddy, I'm your grandpa. Grandpa. I got to vote for Metropolis, the granddaddy of all of it. <laughs> Michael? 
Okay, that really threw me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. God, I, the problem here is, is that I love Star Trek so much, and I mean, start. This is its representative of Star Trek. Is this you know, this one is kind of carrying the the torch for all the Star Trek incarnations, you know, into this fight. Um, the problem is, as a film geek and as a as a as a as a as a nerd, I can't say that it deserves to go further than Metropolis. That's really hard. I mean, how do you, I, I don't know, man, that's, that's going to be really hard for me to get behind, even though I would sit down and watch Star Trek a million times over more than I would ever put Metropolis on. It, it, it is by far a more entertaining picture, but Metropolis is Metropolis. And I just don't think Star Trek is a film that deserves to take it down. So, I got to go with Metropolis. A vote for Metropolis. It's all tied up and coming down to you there, Brian. Uh, I'm going to agree with Michael and say vote Metropolis, and I don't have a problem with it. All right. Metropolis. <laughs> Moving on into the next round. On to our next fight, Mike. This one is yours. It is Blade Runner versus Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah, I don't care how many monkeys you've got. This is Blade Runner. A vote for Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, uh, you damn dirty apes. I got to vote for Planet of the Apes. Michael? Harrison Ford beats monkeys. Uh, go Blade Runner. <laughs> Brian? Um, Harrison Ford doesn't beat monkeys that much. I go for Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it's all tied up. Coming down to you there, John. Wow. All right. Now we got to fight. Um, man, Blade Runner is awesome it is so cool and it is just as much a neo-noir detective thriller uh as it is a sci-fi movie but planet of the apes like i said before rod serling you have his great words he did it indeed as i said before say so much with this movie it was so provocative and uh i'm gonna give the deciding vote to planet of the apes Planet of the Apes taking down Blade Runner. Woohoo! Sorry, guys. On to our next fight, and for a spot in the final four, it is Flash Gordon ah, versus 2001 A Space Odyssey. And uh, I still will be voting for Flash Gordon. Yes, that's right, Flash Gordon. Michael? What what kind of a matchup is this? Oh my god! We have a, one of the most serious science, one of the most you know, intellectual films ever made, and fucking Flash Gordon, um, which is fine. I mean, you talk about two sides of the sci-fi coin. Holy shit! Um, look, I, I've been with Flash Gordon all the way, but at some point, we got to say. Do we really want this to be known as the best science fiction movie ever? And I no, I'm, I'm sorry, no, 2001. All right, a vote for 2001. But you do know he did play football, Michael. What the hell kind of an argument is that? I don't know, Brian. Well, you know what? 2001 is one of the most uh, uh, applauded uh, science fiction movies of all time. But Flash Gordon is one of the underpinnings of the popular of modern popular science fiction characters. He is to find the role that has been subsequently filled by characters like Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock and Indiana Jones and 
um, just all of your modern sci-fi fantasy heroes. And the movie Flash Gordon, while it's silly and campy and does not have the special of effects that 2001 did, it did have a respect for the character and was a good representation of what the character and what the uh, the, 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 the strip was like in a light-hearted, fun way. And so because of not so much the importance of the movie, but because of the importance of the character of Flash Gordon, I'm going to give my vote to Flash Gordon. A vote to Flash ah, Gordon. Uh, John? Um, all right, let's just be very clear here. Flash Gordon is an awesome movie. None of us here on this panel need to be apologetic about our love for Flash Gordon. It is stylized. It is funny. It is... Uh, it has one of the best supporting casts ever assembled in a film. I love that movie so much. And if I were to, if I were to leave this podcast right now and go into my living room and go to my sci-fi shelf of DVDs and choose between Flash Gordon and 2001, I would pick up Flash Gordon every time to pop it in and just kick back and watch and enjoy. Um, but I'm giving my vote to 2001. All right, moving on. <laughs> it's all tied up coming down to you, Mike. Um, well, last time I said that 2001 was done by Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke. But later, the comic book was done by Jack Kirby. Uh, kind of tying into the Chariots of the Gods that he was doing and the New Gods and all of that. What other story is that big that even Kirby was in on it? So, 2001. 2001 A Space Odyssey into the Final Four. On to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It is Star Wars versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind. How fitting it should be these two together once again. Uh, the, the two big science fiction events of 1977. Fuck Star Wars. I want Close Encounters to go on. It's better science fiction. The truth of the matter is, it's better science fiction than Star Wars. It is much more interesting as a film. It's certainly better directed, much more strongly written and acted. Uh, in every single way, comparatively, Close Encounters is a better film than Star Wars. I think we've done it. We've given Star Wars all the love it needs. Please, can we just put Close Encounters through? A vote for Close Encounters, Brian. Well, you know, Michael, it's amazing. We seem to be of a like mind on many things. Hmm. I also agree that Close Encounters of the Third Kind is a better science fiction story. I don't always agree that it's a better picture, but I do agree that it is a fine picture. It was well acted and directed, and it was not given the love it deserved at the time. So I am in agreement with Mr. Felcher in casting my vote to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Close Encounters. I don't trust this. <laughs> Gets another vote. John. Uh, you know what? The, the last round was really hard for me because Close Encounters against Wally. I, I just kind of picked Wally because I wanted it to have a vote. Uh, but I do think that Close Encounters is the superior film and the, the more important one to, uh, to kind of keep going in this contest. But now the decision is easier for me. And I think hands down in terms of movies and their importance to me, Star Wars is far more important than Close Encounters. To me personally, a lot more fun. And I'm going to go with Star Wars. 
of Vote for Star Wars. Mike? Um, for me, this is uh, much like the scene in Star Wars when Darth says, when uh, when we when you left me, I was but the learner, I am the, now the master, and then he killed Obi-Wan Kenobi. Here, uh, Star Wars may have won back in 1977 or 78, but here I think Los Encounters has got to win. Even though Star Wars has gone on to be something more powerful than it could possibly imagine. <laughs> but a vote for Close Encounters. And I will uh, fourth the vote for Close Encounters with two words, Mashed Potato Mountain. Gotta love the Mashed Potato Mountain. Close Encounters. That, you know what? That, that does mean something. I know. It's Mashed Potato Mountain. But <laughs> Close Encounter into the Final Four. On to our next fight. Uh, Brian, this one is yours. It is Bill and Ted's Excellent Venture versus Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Let me see. Um, uh, ooh, two movies that I that I love. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I want to give the vote to the, to the one that's the more important film, except that I hate that shit. It really bothers me. So fuck it. Bill and Ted. There you go. A vote for Bill and Ted. John. Wait, uh, excuse me. We might have to just rewind this and play back. Did I just end up on a show where Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is up against Forbidden Planet, and somebody <laughs> just voted for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Yes, you are. I am. I am. Uh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. You know what? It, this is so easy. It's Forbidden Planet. A vote for Forbidden Planet, Mike. Um. It it may be a classic, but I actually don't like Forbidden Planet. Uh, yeah, Robbie's all right, but I've never never enjoyed that movie one bit. And I love Bill and Ted, and they have a time machine, and uh, I'm voting for them. A vote for Bill and Ted. Um, <sighs> well, Leslie Nielsen just died what last month, so I'm gonna give a vote to Forbidden Planet. And it's all tied up and coming down to you, Michael. Uh, yeah. Um, look, I love Bill and Ted, but are we really going to put that through to the final fucking four best science fiction movies ever made? You I mean, come on. Come on. I, I, look, I love Bill and Ted, but I, 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 no. Forbidden Planet. A vote for Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet moving on into the next round into the final four and for our last spot in the final four john this one is yours it is metropolis versus planet of the apes um wow i mean these are the kings here these are these are the heavy hitters um yeah you know like i said metropolis is so cool and it just keeps coming back and every time you go back and watch it you get something new out of it and I am, you know, what is this? This came out in 1926, 27, and here we are so many decades later, and the the special effects are just awesome. It holds up so well. Story's great. Um, But I don't know. If I had to put a movie in front of somebody and say, here, just watch this. If you've never seen either of these, I think I would hand that person Planet of the Apes. I'll vote for Planet of the Apes. Mike? I will also vote for Planet of the Apes. Um, I've never never been a big fan of Metropolis. It's influential, but that doesn't really that doesn't really 
go as far with me. I, I, I really just kind of look at how much, what did I get out of the movie itself. And uh, I love apes. I love that movie. And it's got the Statue of Liberty sticking out of the ground at the end. Come on. That's a great movie. Planet of the Apes is a great movie, but it was remade by Tim Burton. Uh, so I'm going to go with Metropolis, just based on that. Michael? Yeah, fuck the apes. Fuck them up their hairy asses. Bend them over and fuck them until they are crying. I do not give a fuck about the apes. I hate them, and I hope they all burn in goddamn hell. Fucking Metropolis. <laughs> it's all tied up. Coming down to you there, Brian. Oh, well, I hate every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee, but I'm still voting. Oh, for God sakes, will you let the goddamn Simpsons thing go already? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, but your vote lies with Planet of the Apes there, Brian. Yeah, yeah, it does. Sorry, Michael. Whoa. Planet of the Apes moving on into the final four. Our final four is 2001 A Space Odyssey versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Forbidden Planet versus Planet of the Apes. Wow, Planet versus Planet. That's kind of weird. But here we go. Michael, jumping right in. This one is yours. 2001 A Space Odyssey versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Hmm. This is a difficult choice because it's an intellectual choice versus an emotional choice to some degree. Although I think Close Encounters actually contains a lot of the elements that made 2001 such a great movie. It's got that very mysterious edge to it. You don't know what's going on a lot of the time. And the aliens always took their intentions never really remain or never really exposed. And we never really know what they were about. Obviously, they wanted to know more about us. But at what cost and how were they trying to, you know, there are, a lot, there are no real answers at the end of Close Encounters, much like with 2001. Um, it, it's a film that plays like a mainstream summer blockbuster, but it has the, the brain of a more independent film in many ways. So I think in many ways it's kind of the, the best of both worlds. So, and it's the film that has stuck with me more than, than the other one. And that's, oh, yeah, that's what it was influential a vote for Close Encounters. Uh, Brian. 2001, A Space Ode Sigh. <laughs> okay, your computer didn't say it, right? But that was a vote for 2001, John. No, I think that should count as a vote for 2001, A Space Ode Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a write-in. I'm going to vote for that, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, Close Encounters is definitely the, they're both very smart films. They're both very, uh, complex and, and intellectual films that don't give a lot of easy answers. Close Encounters is the more approachable of the two. 2001, you, you need to, um, you need to know a lot going into it and you need to really kind of spend time figuring it out after you've seen it. Um, and it's not for the amateur movie watcher, but 2001 is just so damn cool that, um, I, I have to give that edge to 2001, both, both great movies, but really it's got to go to 2001 here. A vote for 2001, a space odyssey, Mike, this is definitely one where, uh, like it's been said, my, my heart goes close encounters. My head says 2001, um, and I really want to 
go close encounters i think it really does uh deserve a lot more respect than it's gotten and it's gotten a lot but 2001 first of all has monkey people which is kind of close and it's got um an ending that if you sync up right when he's going into uh the monolith with a, a pink floyd song i think can't remember what album it's from it's from metal uh it syncs up perfectly so i'm gonna have to go with 2001 2001 a space odyssey and i will give a vote to close encounters uh that movie kind of scares me especially the beginning you know when when they're coming after the little kid at least what you think is they're coming after the little kid that, that scared the shit out of me because i was a little kid so i'm gonna i'm gonna give a vote to close encounters but 2001 a space odyssey into the finals brian this fight is yours. It is Forbidden Planet versus Planet of the Apes. Hmm. Well, we have one uh, typical science fiction epic um, of spacefaring adventurers and one that is basically a social commentary on mankind, uh, atomic war, racism, and a lot of the other social ills of the time. Because Planet of the Apes is a more modern film and makes more statements about contemporary issues, I'm going to give my vote to uh, Planet of the Apes, plus it has monkeys. A vote for Planet of the Apes. John? Wow. Yeah. You know, I've really been championing uh, Planet of the Apes uh, every time we come to this category. But uh, I think it's going to be a much more interesting matchup in the end to have 2001 versus Forbidden Planet. So, um, and, and you know what? I, again, I just have to think, what would I rather watch right now, right this moment? And the answer would be Forbidden Planet. So that gets my vote. A vote for Forbidden Planet, Mike. Um, you know, I will go with uh, with. Planet of the Apes, because that's the one that I would watch right now if I had to watch one. If you had to watch one, it'd be Planet of the Apes. Um, if I had to watch one, it'd be Leslie Nielsen, Roby the Robot. I'm going to go Forbidden Planet. It's all tied up. Coming down to you there, Mike. Oh. <laughs> Mike, oh. Sorry. Okay, that's all right. Uh, this is very easy for me, because I can't stand those damn dirty apes. And as... Uh, Although Brian makes a lot of very good points. Uh, Planet of the Apes was a very ambitious film in many ways. I, I, I give that film a lot of credit. And it has a fantastic score by Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, and the makeups were great. I mean, again, it, 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 there was a lot more going on in that movie than just a bunch of people in eight masks running around. And it, it has deserved consideration to this point. Uh, but Forbidden Planet just for me is just dominates completely. Although I would like to see forbidden planet of the apes. I don't know what the hell that would be, but I would love to see that. So, but forbidden planet, that's um, a porno movie because <laughs> it is forbidden. It is planet forbidden. No, it's forbidden to have sex with apes, but here we go. Uh, we, we've got our final. It's uh 2001, a space odyssey versus forbidden planet. Two classics, of science fiction, two titans, and John, you get to lead off here. 
All right. Uh, this is almost impossible, but I'm glad that I'm not down to the uh, deciding vote on this. So it doesn't really matter how I vote right now. Um, you know, 2001 is a movie that gets studied over and over and over again in film classes. And uh, there's some great documentaries about this movie and about Kubrick, and it continues to influence filmmakers to this very minute. Uh, Forbidden Planet, I think, tends to get kind of overlooked. It's like, yeah, it's iconic because of Robbie the Robot and the C57D and Anne Francis looking smoking hot. Um, but I think it almost gets chalked up as kind of this cheesy 50s sci-fi and the importance of it and the, uh, the intellect behind it tend to get overlooked. Um, 2001 is an auteur piece. Forbidden Planet, going back to my original argument, is a studio piece. Um, and I, I think, you know what? What am I in the mood for right this second? I'm in the mood for more Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet gets a vote. Mike. Yeah, I'll have to go with uh, 2001. Uh, for a while, I had the HAL 9000 um, as my computer voice, as my desktop pattern. Uh, it's HAL has become, I think, even more iconic than Robbie the Robot. So I'll give it to 2001. HAL 9000 scares me. Scares the shit out of me, and I'm waiting for it to happen. I, I Every time I listen to turn on my iTunes, I, I, I think that's going to be the moment that it takes over my computer and turns into HAL 9000. That being said, I really do enjoy Forbidden Planet. It's a fun movie. Um, I only recently saw it, but I'm going to go Forbidden Planet. My vote lies there. Michael? Uh, yeah, this, this is difficult again, you know, 2001, I'm not voting against 2001. You can't, but forbidden planet has so much more going on that the people give it credit for. I like a lot what John said. I, I, it, it is, it's got the window dressing of a 1950s alien picture, you know, the scantily clad girl, the, the, the strapping hero, the space, the, 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 like the, the perfect space saucer, you know, it's got all that going on. It's got the robot. But when you dig into that film, there is so much more going on. There is a, a much more layered and textured story. And there's a lot of elements in there that would not be out of place in 2001. I mean, we're really talking about it was about a, a race of beings that died out because they tried to push their intelligence too far and, the, and a scientist who makes the exact same mistakes. And it's, it's a very human, very interesting story. And I, I don't see it the same way now as I did when I was a kid. I enjoyed it in a much different way. And very few films have changed that much for me as growing up. If, and I appreciate it in such a different way now than I did when I was just a young boy. So uh, for me... It's it's a very clear choice, actually. It's Forbidden Planet. A vote for Forbidden Planet and Brian. Oh, well, just to be concise, uh, if, if there was no Forbidden Planet, there would have been no 2001. So just because of the fact that Forbidden Planet broke ground in terms of intelligent and thoughtful science fiction uh, that was, in my mind, perfected by 2001... I'm going to give Forbidden Planet my vote. And Forbidden Planet is the best science fiction movie this time around until we do it again. And it won't be on the list because, you know, this is 
is a gimmick. We'll, we'll keep doing it. But Forbidden <laughs> Planet did win. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Brian? Um, I'm going to plug, uh, for those people who are interested in more about crazy Japanese superheroes, you might want to go to a site called TVNIHON. TVNihon.com. They have uh, more than several. They have several series that are available for torrent and/or download, and they're all subtitled into English. So, if you're interested in seeing why I love these guys so much more than I love their American counterparts on some levels, go to TVNihon. All right, Michael. Uh, yes, thank you, Damon. Folks, if you're looking for fresh, great-tasting Mexican food provided at an affordable cost with great service, you can do no better than Del Taco. Founded in 1961, Del Taco has been the place to get your fill of savory tacos, burritos, nachos, and even cooked-to-order cheeseburgers and fries. Rather than spending your hard-earned money at other Mexican fast-food restaurants with their feces-flavored refried beans and their soft tacos filled with rancid meat paste, why don't you head on down to Del Taco for the freshest ingredients and fantastic menu choices. Del Taco, it's bold stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> believe you did that <laughs> i apologize john but do you have something you like to plug after that after that no <laughs> but that was awesome uh dvdgeeks.tv um listen oh. to that while you're having your talk oh my god that was uh, wow uh i would also like to thank mania.com for having an awesome geek site for all things Trek, look no further than subspacecommunicate.com and their awesome podcast, Life After Trek. For all your DVD needs, check out dvdgeeks.tv once again. Check out a new comic book podcast called Comic Book Summer Party. Really, really good-looking girls talking about comic books. I, do I need to say any more? Girls talking about comic books. And a special thanks going to Karen for being our web presence. And, of course, Jared for the pimped-out intros he creates. You can read his blog, Hey Star Trek, at trekcast.com. Mike? You can find me on the Zod Complex podcast at zodcomplex.com. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at geekfights at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geekfights or become a fan on Facebook. Just look for geekfights. Damon? Uh, don't forget to rate it and review us on both iTunes and the Zoom Network. Um, my, it's time for Mike's fun fact. I forgot all about it. Mike, do you have a fun fact for this episode? Uh, no, I don't. You don't? No fun fact. <laughs> no None fun fact this time. Oh, boy, that was a big letdown. That was... <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Mike. Whatever. <laughs> if you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us. All it really takes is a headset and Skype to join the Legion of Geeks. Our upcoming battles are, let's see... Best animated television show. That's not superheroes. We're, we're just doing animated TV. And uh, the one after that is best Harry Potter character. That was one uh, Karen suggested. So we're going to be doing those. Uh, any, and all, uh, any and all ideas are welcome. Until next time, everybody, keep fighting the geek fight. Good night.
can't believe you what? did that. What? <laughs> you yep. clearly wrote that out and thought that out. Oh, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> because I thought you were just reading some kind of Del, Ca- Del Taco copy until you got to the... the uh, feces-flavored taco? Yeah. Yes, yes! <laughs> no, that's really in there. That's on their website. Yeah, that's on their, it's on their website. No, that's on their website. Yeah, it's oddly enough, that's on their website. No! No, it's not on their website, no. <laughs> no, I wrote that about a week ago, actually. Because I knew this was coming up, and I figured I want to have that ready so I could do my little commercial bit. Wow, you really love Del Taco, dude. Damn straight. Yeah, creepily, some would say. Well, it's not like I fuck it. <laughs> Anymore. Would you? <laughs> Well, the burrito. No, I no, no, I, I wouldn't. No, no. Yeah, that burrito would be rough. Right. Flavor, salt, protein. <clears throat> oh, that's so uh. disgusting. And on that note, <laughs> that's yes. 